from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. As human beings, we can't help but be affected by the way other people think of us. It's natural to want to please other people and win their approval, but that can create a lot of pressure and confusion in our lives. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about how we can shed the need to impress people and shift our focus to pleasing God so that we can be free to live our best and most authentic lives. We'll explore verses in the Bible where Moses gave the Israelites some wise advice on this topic, and I'll share some Jewish teachings that have transformed my life and brought me to where I am today. This is such an important topic, especially for people of faith, and I know that after our study today, you won't be the same. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion as one another, known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Re'eh, which means to see, and it covers Deuteronomy 11.26 through 16.17. In this week's Parsha, Moses continues to prepare the nation of Israel for their amazing grand entrance into the Promised Land. At the start of the reading, he tells them that they have the ability to choose blessings or curses, blessings if they obey God's commands, and curses if they choose to disregard them. Moses tells the people that when they enter the land of Israel, they will need to destroy the idolatry and places of idolatry created by the nations who lived there before them. He cautions them not to follow in the ways of those nations and worship as they did, but rather to obey God in the way that God directly commands them to. The scripture that I want to focus on today is Deuteronomy 12.28. It captures Moses' main message to the Israelites at the start of this week's Torah Parsha. I'm going to read it to you now. Be careful to obey all the regulations that I am giving you so that it may always go well with you and your children after you, because you will be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. In this verse, Moses tells the children of Israel that if they obey God's commands, then life will be good for them, because... They will be doing what is right in God's eyes. But when we translate the verse literally from the original Hebrew, we learn that the last part of the verse isn't just an elaboration of the first part, but a separate idea altogether. In the literal translation, the word because doesn't appear in the verse. So instead of reading the phrase as, because you will be doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God, the phrase stands completely on its own, and it reads like this. Do what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. This is a small difference, 
but a world of difference in messaging and what we can get out of it. The rabbis explain that this verse contains two directives. The first is to obey God and keep his commands, knowing that it will be good for us. The second is to obey God and do what is right in his eyes, even when it conflicts with how other people might see us. This verse acknowledges that it is one thing to obey God when everyone else around us is doing the same, but it is something entirely different when we are required to obey God when everyone around us is doing something different. It is human nature to want to find favor in the eyes of other people, but as people of faith, we are called to find favor in the eyes of God and his eyes alone. Everyone wants to be liked and accepted, and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when our need to impress others gets in the way of our service of God. I once heard a funny story that actually speaks exactly to this point. It was a few hundred years ago, there was a rabbi who was a popular Bible teacher, and he had many followers. As was common in those days, the rabbi and his students spent most of their time studying the Bible together in the main hall of the local synagogue. When it came time for prayers, the students remained in the main hall, but the rabbi would go into a private room and pray alone. When he was praying, he often heard noises coming from outside of the room. The rabbi assumed that these noises were coming from his followers. He figured that they were trying to get a glimpse of their master's devotions. Thinking that they were watching him, the rabbi closed his eyes tightly and prayed with great enthusiasm and fervor. He wanted to influence his students that this is how they should pray. This is how he prays. One day, the rabbi discovered that the true source of the noise that he was hearing when he prayed wasn't actually his followers at all, but rather was a cat scratching the door. For nine years, instead of praying to God and having his heart focused to God, the rabbi had essentially prayed to a cat. The point of the story is that pandering to people is just as inappropriate as pandering to a cat when our eyes should only be on the Lord, when our heart should only be on authenticity and connecting our devotion, our intention, our prayer to God and God alone. Whenever we act out of a desire to please others, even when we're doing what God wants, we aren't really serving him. We're serving the person or people that we're trying to impress. It's nice to be recognized for our good deeds, to receive compliments and awards for our generosity. But if getting praise from others becomes the main reason why we do those admirable things in the first place, our actions are not as great as they would be otherwise. The only one we should ever be concerned with impressing is the one God. So far, we've talked about how trying to please others can diminish our service of God, but the greater danger is when trying to please others can actually cause us to disobey God. Everyone wants to fit in, 
But sometimes we are faced with the choice between doing what is popular and doing what is right. And it's not always easy to make the right decision. I have two teenagers, Mayora, who's almost 15, and Liam, who's almost 13. As anyone who has parented teenagers can tell you, one of the biggest challenges of raising kids this age is teaching them to be themselves and to stay true to their values, to know what those values are, and to never cross red lines, no matter what their friends say or do. I do my best to teach my kids to value God's opinion over their friend's opinion, and I try to lead by example. But I also pray a lot and ask God to help them make the right choices, because I know that it can be very difficult. Going against the crowd is hard for everyone, adults too. Sometimes what the Bible says and what society tells us to do are not aligned. They're not the same thing. But as people of faith, we are obligated to choose God's word over popular opinion every single time. I'm sure you've heard of the term kosher. It's a Hebrew word that is usually used to describe food that Jews are permitted to eat based on the criteria of the Bible. But the word kosher can also mean physically fit or proper or appropriate. Kosher is not just a label for food. It's also a term that certifies the quality of a person. When it comes to kosher fish, one of the requirements is that the fish must have fins, which allows it to swim upstream against the current. In the same way, the rabbis taught that when it comes to kosher people, people that are strong and proper servants of God, we must have the ability, just like the kosher fish, to go against the flow. We must be able to go against the crowd and do what God wants us to do, even when it leads us in the exact opposite direction that everyone else is headed in. The quality of being able to go against the flow is at the root of both the Christian and the Jewish faiths. It can be traced back to Father Abraham, the father of our faiths. Abraham was the first person to be called a Hebrew. In Genesis 14.3, he was referred to as Abram Ha'ivri, Abram the Hebrew. The term Ha'ivri literally means he who stands on the other side. According to Jewish tradition, Abraham earned this name of being a Hebrew because he stood apart from everyone else in the entire world at that time. While the culture around him believed in paganism and idolatry, Abraham believed, wow, how awesome, in one God. That was something new for those times that has never happened before. And what did he preach about? Also something new, love, morality, kindness. It was a radically different outlook and was extremely unpopular. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how people must have been looking at him? 
that he was stupid, that he was different, that he wasn't enlightened, that he wasn't open to the blessings that they were getting from these idols. But you know what? Abraham wasn't concerned about what anyone thought of him. He continued preaching about one God, about love, about justice, about morality. And you know why? Because his only concern was doing what was right in the eyes of God. And because Abraham was willing to go against the crowd and to stand up for what he believed in, he was able to change the whole course of the world. As Christians and Jews, we are heirs to Abraham's faith. Like Abraham, we need to have the ability and willingness to be a Hebrew, an Ivri, to stand on the other side, to stand with God, even if you stand alone. You may wonder if you'd really be able to stand up against the popular opinion like he did. But here's the secret. When you make God your only source of approval, you free yourself from needing the approval of anyone else. It may seem difficult to withstand the pressure of other people, but do you know what's even harder? Living life according to other people's opinions instead of your own. They say that one of the biggest regrets of the dying is not having lived a life of their own choosing but that they lived life for someone else, for what their parents said they should do, or according to what society told them was acceptable. Maybe they pursued a career because their parents wanted them to, or they lived a certain lifestyle because the community thought it was cool. But living our lives according to how we appear in other people's eyes imprisons us. Do you know what I mean? Have there ever been times in your life when you made decisions not based on what you wanted, but what someone else wanted? You know how that feels. But then there's the other side. When we live our lives according to how we appear in God's eyes alone, we are free. We're free to be exactly who God, our creator, created us to be. And I feel like I'm living proof of that. I want to share a personal reflection with you. It's no exaggeration to say that living this exact lesson is what got me to where I am today. And it's a tool and a lesson that I keep in mind every single day. I remember it was around 17 years ago where the fellowship had a group of Christian tourists in Israel, and my father, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein of Blessed Memory, he was leading the fellowship in every single way, but invited me to come along and be there with the group of Christians in Israel. And so I went to the dinner, and they were singing, and they were worshiping, and they were reflecting on their first trip to Israel. It was so inspiring to me just to watch these amazing group of faithful individuals stepping foot on the Holy Land for the first time. And I told my father how awesome it was to be there with him and to see this. And he suggested that instead of him addressing the group, that 
I should get up there and speak to this group of fellowship Christian friends in Israel. I seriously, I thought he lost his mind. And I thought I was going to lose my mind because I was only 23 years old and I had never done any real public speaking in my life. And suddenly my father says, "Mm, I believe in you. Go up there and speak to this group. Get up in front of hundreds of people that you don't know and welcome them to Israel on behalf of the fellowship. I must tell you, I didn't think that I could do it. I was so nervous. I was shaking. And I looked at my father and I said, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? What am I going? And my father just looked at me and he said, just speak what's in your heart. Now I agreed to do it, but I was nervous. I kept worrying about what I would say and what the audience would think of me. Would I be good enough? Would they like me? Would I say the right thing? Would I offend someone? Would I make somebody angry? Would I make my father disappointed? (sighs) As I agonized over the speech that I was supposed to deliver in just a few minutes, (sighs) I was sitting next to my husband and I turned to him and told him how I was feeling. I told him that I was so nervous to get up in just a few minutes to address this crowd. I told him how insecure I felt and how at the same time, I really wanted to do it. I wanted to impress my father. I wanted to make my father proud. I wanted to tell this group of people how I was feeling. And I wanted, of course, to be good at public speaking. I felt called to speak to this Christian audience but I wasn't confident in my ability to do it. My husband, with his wisdom, with his relaxed, amazing, loving way, calmed me down, put his hand on my shoulder, and he reminded me of the words in today's verse. He said to me, Yael, you're thinking too much about what everyone else is going to think. Instead, Focus on one thing. Speak as if you only care about God's opinion. Make God proud. And as long as you do your best, you will be doing what is right in God's eyes. And that's all that matters. I was looking at him like I just heard prophecy from the mouth of Moses because it made so much sense. I was listening and he continued talking to me. He said, if you make your measurement of success, how you look in the eyes of people, you'll never feel like you did a good enough job. You'll get up there and you'll give an amazing talk and everyone will be standing up and clapping for you and saying how wonderful you did. But if one person you saw sitting in the corner who wasn't clapping, who wasn't impressed, if all you're doing is trying to impress man, then you will leave that speech feeling like a failure. But, he said, if you get up there and you only care about how you appear in God's eyes, then whether everyone claps or no one claps at all won't affect you. You'll feel fulfilled. You'll feel happy because you'll know what you did was holy and right in God's eyes. 
And that is all that matters. I took those words to heart then. And I still take those words to heart now as a professional public speaker every time I get up to speak. I remember leaving the seat next to my husband to go up and talk and taking one second to open my mouth and say Psalm 51, 15. Hashem s'fatai tiftach tehilatecha. Lord, open up my lips so that my mouth will declare your praise. I prayed that I would say the words that God wanted me to say and that my words would bring glory to his name. And guess what? As long as my focus was on pleasing God, I was free from the burden of impressing people. I was free from being nervous. I was free from worrying if I would offend someone or say something wrong. The opposite approach, trying to please people and discounting what God wants from us, never ends well. But with the approach of only pleasing God, suddenly I knew it would end well. I realized in that moment that I am free only when I am not living to please others, but to please God. My speech, thank God, went wonderfully. As far as I saw it, everyone was clapping. And you know what? Maybe there were some people who weren't clapping, but I didn't even see them because I was focused on being sent by God and doing the right thing. And so I only saw the good. It's easy for me to put myself out there and do things that make me uncomfortable when it's for God's honor and not my own. Today, fast forward almost 20 years, as the president of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, which is the largest philanthropic organization in all of Israel, I'm in a very public position, and I can easily be scrutinized and criticized. I address some very sensitive topics like Israel, Israel's security, bridge building. My passion is in uniting Jews and Christians and shared values and communication and respect. Unfortunately, that could be a controversial topic. But I have to speak my truth because I need to do what's right in God's eyes. Yes, of course, I need to choose my words wisely and I have extreme sensitivity and I would never do anything to offend someone or put someone down or make them feel bad. But I know that I need to say what God wants me to say. I need to be his vessel. When I consider what I will say or not say on a radio interview, on a television interview, on social media, I no longer ask myself, what will people think of me? But instead I ask, what will God think of me? How can I make God proud? I no longer ask, will people like my message? And instead I ask, what message does God want me to give? I ask myself, will this message bring more unity or more separation? Will it bring more love or more hate? 
Will it bring more glory to God's name and people of faith? And always what I want and what I believe God wants is to bring more unity, to bring more love, to bring more glory to God's name and people of faith. And then I know what I'm saying and doing is right. Sometimes I'm not so sure how people will react to what I say. But I believe if God wants me to say something, I say it anyways, and I let the chips fall where they may. And here's the thing. It's an amazing, amazing, miraculous thing. The more I am in line with God, the less I am criticized. You would think the opposite. But no, when I do what I believe is holy and right, I don't get criticized. When the world recognizes that you aren't trying to please people, but rather to please God, they are less likely to attack you because they realize, consciously or subconsciously, that they don't have any power over you. It's been said that he who fears one fears none. But he who fears many fears any. Someone who is afraid of men can be intimidated by anyone. But when we fear only God, no man can ever make us afraid. I want to share one more story with you today that really demonstrates how free we can be when our only concern is to do what is good and right in God's eyes. This story is called One God, Many Worlds. It was the beginning of the 20th century and Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, a famous and respected rabbi who was fighting for religious freedom in communist Russia. One morning, as the rabbi prayed in synagogue, three men rushed in and arrested the rabbi for his actions, for the crime of praying to God. But the rabbi was defiant. He declared that he wouldn't give up his religious activities. One of the agents pointed a gun at the rabbi's head and said, This little toy has made many a man change his mind. And without thinking twice, do you know what the rabbi replied? That little toy can only intimidate men with many gods and one world. But I only have one god and two worlds, so I am not impressed by your little toy. There is a tremendous power and freedom in making God's opinion the only opinion that matters. If we live to please people, we might hold ourselves back from being our best and most authentic selves. And if we live to please others, we will never be successful because it's not possible to please everyone. But if we aim to please God... He will lead us to the boldest, bravest, and best version of ourselves. We will become everything that he created us to be. And as long as we do our best and have the right intentions, he will always be very pleased with us. It doesn't mean that we can't mess up. We have to check ourselves and make sure that indeed what we're doing is for God. But there's always a way to return. There's always a way to go back to God, turn our hearts to God, 
and take the action that follows. Life is too short to waste it trying to please others. Do you know what I mean? Do you agree? But a life that is right and good in the eyes of the Lord our God will bring us everlasting glory. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When we live to please God, we won't have to worry about pleasing anyone else. This week, take some time to think about where you might be trying to please people and how you might become more aligned with what God wants from you. Ask yourself, what might I do if other people's opinions truly didn't matter to me? Are there things I might say that I hold myself back from saying now? Would my priorities be different or would I spend my time differently if I had no need to impress others? And ask yourself, what would God have me do today? How can I please him? What might God think of how I live my life? Because you know what, my friends? He does care. When we take the lessons of the weekly Torah portion, the Parsha, and we apply it to our lives, it's called living with the times. I hope that this week you can apply the lessons that we learned together today and see how much they bless your life. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.